0: Welcome to the Resilient Life Hacks podcast. Join host Liz Myers and her guests as they explore resiliency through the lens of personal stories. Tune in weekly for inspiration and doable life hacks to overcome adversity and thrive in life. The opinions, beliefs, and viewpoints expressed by guests of this show are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of Elizabeth or Resilient Life Hacks Ministries.
1: So good to have you join us again today on the resilient life hacks podcast i'm your host liz Myers, and i'm really excited about our guest today mary Catherine morales also affectionately known as mk she's here as an author and a speaker and a fundraiser a leader just a, a woman who encourages women to live their god-given purpose and she's going to talk to us today about some things that are in her new book becoming a woman of Principle. and so welcome to the show thank you so much for joining us
2: I am so excited to be here, Liz. Thank you very, very
1: much. And I'm excited to be with your tribe. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure that we're going to learn a lot of good things from you. Um, Before you dive into the topic of of your book and this, can you tell us just a little about your backstory, about how you came to learn these things about living this kind of life?
2: Well, I really appreciate it. Yes, we all have a backstory, and I truly believe that we are all on the journey of becoming all that God is calling us to be as women. Life isn't easy, and the lessons that you and I will talk about today are definitely hard-won lessons for me. I am a woman of principle, and basically what that means is today, many years later, I actually live my life by a set of practices and principles because my life looked very, very different many years ago. I'm very proud and grateful today to say that I'm a woman who is in recovery. I'm a recovered addict and alcoholic. I don't know if anybody out there can relate if you love somebody who's an addict or an alcoholic or you yourself have gone through an unbelievable life challenge. I'd like to say today that I'm one of the most confident women I know because my life was so hard for so long. And I really have recovered more than even from the addiction, the story of unworthiness, shame, I'm not good enough, self-doubt. And a little bit about me, um, I was deaf as a young girl until I was 13 years old. And that was actually the first time I remember feeling like I wasn't good enough. Like there was something fundamentally wrong or different about me in my life, and it's the first time I also realized that people can sometimes be cruel, right? Because we do have challenges in our life. I believe that was the first time that I began having the story of unworthiness and shame. And um, I, the first miracle I actually received is I got my hearing back when I was 13. But by then, to be honest with you, I already believed that I wasn't good enough. So I started to believe that if I was really good at sports, or if I had that perform to win, if I could prove to you that I was good enough, that I would fit in. Went on to college, had an amazing life in college, like so many different people. I was in sorority, fraternity, all those different things. I was a college cheerleader. I had a lot of fun, but on the inside, I was still broken when I graduated from college and got into my professional career, that's really when my addiction began to take off. I began hanging out with the wrong people. I had an amazing career in broadcast media, but my addiction kept getting worse and worse and worse. And it was like that for many, many years. I had a moment, I like to call it a God encounter. And again, I don't know if you had one of these moments, but it was an afternoon, and, and again, I was really struggling with my disease of addiction, and I was crying out to God, and I said, you know, Father God, I'll take anything but this, anything at all, because being a woman with an addiction, there's a lot of condemnation and shame that goes with that, but a lot of people were really disappointed and upset with me, And I just didn't wanna live like that anymore. I didn't want people to be so upset with me. So I was crying out to God and I said, Father, I'll take anything but this. And I named actually five very serious illnesses. And in my spirit, I heard Mary Catherine, you will recover and you will write a book about the journey through hell to home. And I was like, "Uh, no. That is the worst (laughs) idea I have ever heard. No, no, I don't want to do that. Don't you know that I have shame and condemnation and my life is a mess? And I was really always very afraid of what people thought about me. I wanted to be perfect. And I don't know if you or your listeners can relate to the disease of perfectionism, but long story short, it was many years later that my mentor, Simon T. Bailey, had said, Mary Catherine, you know that you are called to write this book. Are you going to be obedient to the call and to one of the primary purposes for your life? And it was one morning, it was eight o'clock and my husband, Al and I, we were at the beach and it was eight o'clock in the morning and I went out and I got on my knees and I looked up and I said, Father God, what do you want from me and I heard three words I had never heard before woman of principle. And I didn't actually know what that meant, Liz. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, I mean, I generally got the idea, but like, all of this other information was supernaturally downloaded mm-hmm. and that set me out on a journey to become who I am today and um i am a fundraising executive in neuroscience and education but more importantly i'm a wife i'm a mom i'm a woman of faith and i'm an author and transformational mindset coach and today my purpose is to empower women to really become all that god is calling them to be and to live with more joy and more confidence and that's my true passion
1: yeah, that's awesome. What an incredible story that you have. I I, thank you, first of all, for being open and for sharing all that with us. I think we're all a recovering something, and some of those things that we're recovering from are more obvious or more external or apparent than other things, but everybody's got something. And I, I like, too, how you pointed out that the, the issues with addiction started way before then. Of you know, There was something that led to that. There was some emptiness or some hole or some struggle That led you to try to seek help from that in the addiction. And it's just it continually amazes me at what a young age we can get these feelings of inadequacy and condemnation. And I mean it's just astounding and how, you know, one little comment that somebody makes offhanded can stick with us for a long time. That's one thing I focus on a lot is renewing our mind to to get rid of those those lies that we have believed. But again, just thank you for your your willingness to share that story. is great how God's touched your life and transformed you and now you can help others of us do the same. So I'm excited to hear about your book and about the the five uh, things that you want to share with us that help us with that transformation.
2: Well, and I appreciate you knowing and recognizing that it's not just the addiction, right? I mean, that was one of my greatest life challenges, but the way that I write it in the book is that I know women who have been through other very difficult situations, whether it's cancer divorce, you know, financial insecurity, losing their house or home, uh, cancers, leukemia. I mean, there's so many different challenges that we face. And so it really is a courageous journey for each and every one of us. It was actually Simon who said to me, Mary Catherine, how did you become MK 2.0? How did you, um, Transform your life from really without exaggeration an almost homeless addict over and over and over again, right? Like I would get sober, I would renew my mind to some degree and I love that scripture too. Mm -hmm. And then I would fall off the wagon of the disease of addiction and faulty thinking would get the best of me and I would end up back where I started. So my life was a series of two steps forward and three steps back. But I will share with you that when I began to think about what were the five things that I actually did every day that completely transformed my mind and changed my life forever. So I like to say what we practice, we become. The book has a series of practices, principles. It's honesty, becoming impeccable with your word, uh, servant leadership, uh, running with champions, and God first. And those are the five practices that I teach. And the idea is that
1: if we can master the basics, then we can conquer the world. Yeah, I like that. We definitely got to start at the beginning. So before we jump into more about what those are, can you just define for us what you mean by woman of principle? Because there may be some other people out there going, well, what does that mean exactly, to Kind of like how you were when you first heard it. So can you define that for us, shape that a little more?
2: Yes. So it's funny because when I first got that word from God, like, you know, the word principle is not something we actually use a lot. So simply put, becoming a woman of principle is coming to believe that we can be who God says we can be and we can have the life that he originally intended. A life of purpose, power, joy, confidence, self-worth, love, that we come to understand that we really are strong and courageous. And so at the end of the day, every practice has a principle. And I'll give you, can I give you an example that helps you explain it? Okay, sure. So my very first practice is simple honesty the embedded principle is transparency and so if you if you think about it in terms of what we practice we become it's becoming beautifully transparent through the practice of being honest and this was actually one of the hardest chapters for me to write because when we talked about honesty the implication there is that I'm inferring that women are dishonest. And that's kind of a hard topic, right? So it's not a matter of being dishonest. It's a matter of learning how to live your life in a transparent way. And I'll give you a visual. Imagine, if you will, a beautiful picture of water, right? Crystal clear, absolutely beautiful. You can see through it. But little by little, because we live in a culture, right, Liz, that says, oh, Liz, Mary Catherine, you don't have to be completely honest with so-and-so. You don't want to hurt her feelings. She can't handle the truth. Or my faulty belief system might say something like, well, if I tell Liz my opinion or my perspective or something about myself, she'll judge me or she won't understand So what happens, imagine yourself as a little girl at 14 or 15 years old, and we come to believe that telling white lies is okay. Now, imagine that pitcher of water, and little by little, you begin to drop black tea into that beautiful pitcher. One drop, two drops, three drops. Now you're 18, 22, 25, 35, 40, and a lifetime of telling small white lies about ourselves, About our beliefs, about our family, about our perspectives. Now, all of a sudden at 40 years old, we wake up and we say, how did I get here? Like, yeah. why do I, why do I feel so bad about myself? Why is my marriage where it's at? Why can't I have an intimate relationship with my daughter? And it's because. Science actually shows that when we say small white lies, when we tell those small white lies over and over and over again, it actually creates brain damage. Faulty thinking actually changes the neural pathways in our brain and we become anxious, fearful, and concerned. And so the power in the practice Is when we learn to tell simple truths about ourselves, we can reverse engineer that black or gray or, you know, dark pink, dark purple, because they're all beautiful. We're still beautiful children of God, but we're not living in freedom. In the book, the way I write it is think back over the last 72 hours of our life. And I want to say first, there's no condemnation in Christ, there's no judgment here. I'm all about perfectly imperfect. If we think back over our life, over the last 72 hours, is there anything that you or I or your listeners might have said about ourselves? Somebody we know, a situation at work, that is that small white lie. What I coach my women to do is think about what what is the reason why you told the small white lie? Is it embedded or rooted in shame, fear, concern? And then we can begin to take a look at our thought process and our thinking around that small white lie. And we can begin to ask ourselves, how can I handle that situation next time? What are the tools in my spiritual toolkit that I can use to be as transparent as possible? So I have these little show and tells, and I know that if someone's listening, they might not be able to see them, but yeah. this is a lifetime of talent small white lies, and it becomes like a dark red. Mm-hmm. This beautiful, this is where probably most of us end up, and this is full transparency. Yeah. So the idea yeah, you can see through. It. Yes, you can see through it. So the principle is transparency. The way that it works is you and I get into a conversation and let's say you ask me something about my political beliefs, which is a super hot topic right now, right? And instead of what we learn to do is my faulty thinking or my belief system might say, if I tell Liz my political beliefs, that could create a wedge between you and I. But a woman of principle would say, Liz, I want to be as transparent with you as possible Transparency guides our behavior. And I would say something like, Do I have permission to be completely transparent with you about my beliefs politically? And can we have a conversation about those? I get your permission up front, and I'm as transparent with you as possible. And that preserves the relationship because I respect you as a woman, a principal, and a child of God.
1: Yeah, I love that. I, those are areas where I personally struggle. Not only am I the recovery perfectionist also, but <laughs> but I'm a people pleaser and I avoid conflict at all costs. So, you know, I get trapped up in, like, I wouldn't consider myself a liar, but but I do kind of, I'm kind of like a chameleon. I'll blend in with whatever group of people I'm in and yeah. just, point, I'll highlight the areas where we agree. And I just won't mention the things where I see it differently or, you know, I don't want to rock the boat. I don't want to upset anybody, you know, especially with the the political, I just avoid all political conversation whatsoever because I'm just, I don't want people getting angry.
2: (laughs) Right. And that's the culture we live in. And so I always use politics or religion as topics because those are the two of the most heated conversations. But what I invite women of principle to do is to practice it in safe environments where I, I totally get it. Like, I am a total recovering perfectionist. It was actually one of my other coaches that said to me, Mary Katherine, why are you pursuing perfectionism? You're miserable. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know, it's just what I've always done. Yeah. And he said, tell me one thing you've ever done in your life perfectly. And the only thing I could come up with was breathe. That was it. That's all yeah. I could come up with. <laughs> And so he said, then why are you in the pursuit of something that doesn't actually empower you? And so it's it's been part of those conversations where you're absolutely right. We live in a culture where every person on the front of a magazine looks like a Barbie doll. Everything looks perfect. Everybody on social media is like taking the perfect trip. Their family you know, relationships are perfect and that's just not true.
0: When building a resilient life, the first step Liz coaches people to take is to spend time daily with God. When you seek God consistently, he will show you the best next step for your journey. If you'd like a peek at how Elizabeth connects with God regularly, download her free prayer guide and journal at elizabethmeyers.me forward slash prayer guide. You can now have the same journal Elizabeth uses every day and make it your own. Being a woman of
2: principle is about, and again, just using this one, the principle of transparency so principles guide your behavior not your belief system
1: yeah yeah i love i love how you're bringing all that together i know in some situations where i hold back or you know i i'm feeling like i want to put on a different picture of who i am than what i really am It's like you mentioned, that fear of judgment. But what I've also come to realize is that fear of judgment from others isn't necessarily about what they're actually thinking. It's more about where I feel insecure and I assume they're judging me on the same things I'm judging myself on. And that's right. You know, that's not always true. They're probably busy, worried about their own issues of you know things that they're insecure about. So I can get all wrapped up. Of, I mean, just an example, we have eight kids. We're a big family, we homeschool. So right there, lots of people have instantaneous judgments about I'm either crazy or I'm a saint. I'm neither, you know, I'm just an ordinary mom. But if I feel that pressure of, oh, we've got to be more organized or cleaner or have our act more together than somebody who only has a handful of kids because we're going to be judged by a, a stricter standard. And. There are actually people who do judge me by a strict standard, but for the most part, you know, people aren't. And a lot of that is just pressure I put on myself.
2: Yes, and I I thank you for your transparency. I have to tell you, I'm envious. I would love to have a larger family. So I think what I've learned in my own journey, I went to an entirely different level of confidence and grace when I followed the call on my life to tell the story. And I'm sure you've had similar experiences because what I learned and the the older I I get, I'm almost 53 years old. What I decided in my life is I'd rather live my life in alignment with what I know the spirit of God is asking of me. Because my whole life, Liz, I lived your life. I lived my parents' life and I love my parents very much. I lived the life that I thought other people wanted from me which causes more fear, more concern, more separation, more disconnection. And what I learned is people don't, the people who have judged me for my book, it's like part of reaching those who need it most. I just, you know, I'll give you another, do we have time to share one more mm-hmm. principle? Yeah, one more, yeah principle. one more. So think about um, one of the other practices is becoming victorious through the practice of running with champions. So the practice is running with champions and the principle is victory. When Jesus on the cross, and I know you have different listeners, but for those of us who have decided we believe that Jesus is who he said He is, using this as an example, when he said it is finished, he meant we are victorious. So as a woman of faith, the principle that guides my behavior in business meetings and conversations with our daughter mia with my boss with my colleagues is the principle of victory i am victorious i am worthy no matter what and that takes away the pressure of have to perform so whether we get the deal, we don't get the deal. My book is a national bestseller. It isn't. I lose that five pounds. I don't lose the five pounds. Yeah. I am victorious. Okay. And what pressure off performance? Yes. What would the world look like as as women if we went into a conversation or a community recognizing that every woman we run with? She's already victorious. She's already perfectly imperfect in the eyes of God. It takes that competitiveness away. Science actually shows, and I talk about this in my, this is actually the uh, fourth practice of the five. When I'm a long distance cyclist, and I was on a team for many, many years, Mm -hmm. and my coach, when I went to Kevin and said, Kevin, how do I become a better cyclist? He said two things. Go ride your bike and ride with better cyclists. So, for five years, I was on a team riding with better cyclists, riding with women who were a little bit further along than me, a little bit stronger. I ran, or excuse me, I cycled in the rain, the heat, the cold, for thousands of miles by myself. And I became A champion cyclist in my own mind. I wasn't, you know, like super fast or anything. Yeah. But when we are the sum total of the five people that we spend the most time around, as a woman, a principal, I would invite your tribe and your listeners to really be thinking about who are the five women that are their champions, that love and believe in them, that can speak the truth to them because if we surround ourselves with other women who also know that they're victorious, we become better cyclists, we become better mothers, we become better authors. Again, the principle is you're already victorious and so am I. And again, it takes away the pressure to perform.
1: That, that is so great. I love how you extended that. I in my my first book is called Undefeated and I always autograph that you were created for victory because I'm right there with you on that, you know, it's finished. We're already victorious. We may get scuffed up in the battles along the way, but the war's been won. But I like how you you've added to that the component of running with other people who also but see themselves as victorious. I haven't really thought about it that way, but you're you're totally right on. So often it's people around us who have, you know, a negative view of the world and of themselves and of everything going on right now, that it's harder to stay on, on top of our, our mental game, of pushing away the lies and believing the truth about who we are, when we're surrounded by people saying the opposite.
2: Oh gosh, that is so true. And I think you and I and other women listening who understand that they are victorious, we're not perfect, we're gonna make mistakes, we're human. But over the years, I have deliberately surrounded myself with women who celebrate my victories. I celebrate theirs. We don't have jealousy or competition we use the distinction and the principle of victory to kind of celebrate each other's successes. And we've all become better coaches, better authors, better moms, more successful in our careers. Because like you said, if you're in our circle, is women who are jealous of you, don't believe in your abilities, you can't rise to the call that is upon your life because you're, it's like you're in the miry clay.
1: Yeah, that, that is a great principle to live by. I wish we had time to do all five of them because i really uh, resonated with a lot of things you're saying. But um, we're out of time for now. But that leaves thirst in our hearts and minds for your book. So yes. let us know how we can get in touch with you. Or I, I know that you have uh, coaching that you can help people with or how they can get a hold of your books to read all five of them. Can you just share with us where listeners can find you? Absolutely.
2: So, Liz, let me say thank you so, so much for being part of your community today. You're doing amazing, incredible work in the world, and I really appreciate it. And would love to have you be part of my inner circle because you're yeah. a powerful woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, that,
1: was, that was great.
2: So a couple of things, I'm baking go to womanofprinciple.com. I have a website there. We also have a private Facebook group called Women of Principle. And that's with an E. Um, All are welcome. We have about 1,500 ladies that are part of that group. And we come together both online and in person. I have a book called Becoming Woman at Principle. And I'll show it right here for the people who are watching. They can go to Amazon and get the book, Walmart, Target. But they can also find it on my website. The final piece is that I have a, a group starting October 4th. So women who are interested in the power of transformation and the power of Romans 12 too, they can contact me through my website and we can see if it's the right fit.
1: Okay, that sounds great. Thank you so much for sharing all those neat opportunities that people have. As always, the links will be in the show notes. So if you're listening to this on the go somewhere, when you get to where you're going, you can uh, get onto the show notes and just click the links mm-hmm. and that will take you to the places that she's just described. So. Thank you so much for for joining us today and for sharing your wisdom with us. It's really been a blessing to me, and I know it will be a blessing to those who listen.
2: Absolutely. Bye, everybody.
0: You have been listening to Resilient Life Hacks with Liz Myers. The opinions, beliefs, and viewpoints expressed by the guests of this show are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of Elizabeth or Resilient Life Hacks Mm -hmm. Ministries. To learn more and download your free guide to Liz's top 20 Resilient Life Hacks, go to resilientlifehacks.com. Subscribe now so you never miss the life hacks you need to live the life you want.